this is episode 12, featured lettering artist Dallas Clayton. Welcome to the Hand Lettering Podcast. I'm Tam Lowe, hand lettering artist with a degree in art and design and more than 10 years experience specialising in pencil illustrations. I write and create for letteringtutorial.com, a place to find tutorials, interviews, resources and more. Join me as I talk about all things lettering. Welcome and hello to this week's podcast episode. For those of you that have been listening to the Hand Lettering podcast for a little while now, you probably have a good idea of how the structure of this episode is going to go. For those of you that are new to the Hand Lettering podcast, I'll give you a quick summary of how the episode will look. Every other week I feature a lettering artist in each podcast episode. I also feature a specific piece of work that they've created too that stood out to me. So I talk about both the artist and their piece of work. I also link to the artist's website if they have one along with their piece of work in the show notes so that you can have a look at what exactly I'm talking about as obviously with a podcast you can't see anything, you can only listen in so that way you can head on over, have a a look and hopefully see why the piece of work and the artist has stood out to me. I also give you a quote that you can letter that's aimed at inspiring you. So if you're struggling for inspiration, if you're quite new to lettering, you're really not sure what to letter. These quotes that I give out every other week are normally quite helpful. I've had some good feedback on them. They're never too long. I kind of aim them at beginners specifically in terms of word length and amount. And then... Obviously, if you're beyond beginner level, again, feel free to join in with the quotes as they're just fun to to take part in. And then finally, at the end of the episode, I talk about your hand lettering questions that you've sent in and asked me. So there's a question at the end of this episode that I will be discussing and trying to give my best (laughs) answer to. On the weeks in between featuring a lettering artist, I do an episode where I talk about a specific topic. So for example, last week's episode was on thumbnail sketches and whether you should be using them in your hand lettering workflow. It just gives you an example of what what one topic was like. Those are sorts of things. Sometimes I talk about tools and equipment, time management, all sorts of things so far I've covered and got a few more things planned yet to cover so that's the general structure of how the episodes go so it alternates every other week from one to the other. If you'd like to get the show notes up specifically for this episode to kind of follow along whilst you're listening and see the piece of work and look into Dallas Clayton who we'll be talking about in this episode a bit more then you can find the show notes a couple of ways. You can either go straight to letteringtutorial.com forward slash hand lettering podcast 12 and that's a a numerical number 12 otherwise if you just go to letteringtutorial.com and click podcast in the menu 
it will bring up a whole list of all the podcast episodes to date and if you just go straight to the bottom of that list you'll be able to find episode 12 there and just jump straight in and follow along with this episode. Dallas Clayton isn't specifically just known for his lettering so there's a good chance maybe you've actually come across him already. He's a well-known children's book author, an illustrator, he does public speaking, he also paints murals all across the US. So he gets around quite a lot and he's done and achieved an awful lot of things. So maybe you know him for something other than the lettering or maybe you do know him for the lettering as well. Maybe you've never come across him before which is not a bad thing because I'm hopefully going to introduce you to him a little bit now and give you a bit more information about him. Dallas Clayton has a very recognisable style of lettering. He doesn't specifically just stick to one type of lettering but he often does try to put things up daily on Instagram and a lot of those daily pieces do feature the same styles of lettering and then every so often there'll be a, a piece that's got a variation of that lettering or a completely different type of lettering again. His work's very very varied, it's very very imaginative, it often features illustration with the lettering or lettering with illustration and sometimes the lettering is the illustration <laughs> um, so it's very illustrative lettering so the shapes of the letters are there but maybe they're filled out with a pattern or a design and that then makes up the lettering. It's not just letters as we normally see them. Hopefully that makes <laughs> a little bit of sense without actually seeing it. As I mentioned in the brief intro into Dallas, he creates murals and that means then his lettering can end up on almost any surface. <laughs> Floors, walls, all sorts of interesting and unique places so his work is very varied and the places that it turns up is very varied too which is one of the the main things that I like about him is that is, he's not predictable <laughs> in any way shape or form which I think is always good with an artist when they keep you kind of on your toes and guessing what they're going to come out with next a lot of Dallas's lettering has a very loose, raw, playful look about it, is perhaps the best way I can break it down. It's not really tight, um, it's not often script. Most of the time when I've seen his lettering it appears he uses capital letters a lot. It's all usually in uppercase and that never seems to make it intimidating which is a really unique quality about his lettering. He also letters a lot with uh, black, uh, either a black brush pen or a black brush, I believe. And again, it never seems overbearing or dark as such, which lettering sometimes can if you just stick to black and nothing else. His lettering just seems to have this kind of charm and character about it even when it's in capitals and it's sort of bold and black. Some people might look at his work and think that it's quite easy to make or that maybe 
doesn't quite count as lettering because it's so simple and so raw. Some people might just say, oh, you know, I could just write that and, you know, that's not really lettering or there's no skill involved with that. But I know for a fact <laughs> that even when you want to make your lettering look really loose and raw, like you've just kind of thrown it down on the page, it takes skill to create that effect. Sometimes you're lucky and your handwriting alone can just look awesome on a page and you don't really have to think about what you're doing or build up skills. But most of the time when you're trying to create a lettering style like that, it takes an awful lot of work to reach a point where your lettering looks good. It also takes a lot of work to create that playfulness that's reflected in his lettering. Again, that's not something that generally just happens right out of the box. <laughs> it takes a bit of skill and knowledge and experience to build up and create that and get that energy into your work. So that's that's another reason why he stood out to me, because his work has these qualities. The other reason that he stood out to me is because of the positivity within his lettering work. So he doesn't just letter words for the sake of lettering words or he doesn't letter specific phrases because they're the kind of the popular phrase that's going around on Instagram to letter at the moment. He letters really positive things that send good messages out into the world. And I think if you've got the power to do that with your lettering, then that's a nice way to go because it can't hurt to send out some good messages every now and then. The specific piece of work that Dallas has created that I wanted to talk about in this episode contains the lettering Let's Forget About the Race. It also contains what I probably consider as his trademark illustration, which is two outstretched arms and hands. If you do have a look at his other work, you'll notice that these arms and hands pop up an awful lot within it. The background of the piece has some really interesting colours going on. They're bright colours, but they've been toned down. They look almost like faded bright colours. And there are also other bits of lettering as well, but on a much smaller scale. And again, faded, so they're not in a solid black, like the Let's Forget About the Races. So they don't stand out as much and they don't overpower the main lettering and the main message in that lettering. The lettering, as I mentioned, is in a solid black. Capital letters, which <laughs> shouldn't really come as a surprise, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, that a lot of his work is in old black lettering. Some of the letters are quite chunky and some of them are kind of thinly brushed on. So it looks like some of the letters he's gone over them perhaps two or three times with a brush and then some it's just been a case of the brush has just had one one stroke like around particularly on the O's in the lettering where it looks like he's literally just put the brush down, drawn the circle to complete the O and that's it whereas some of the letters like the T's it looks like he's gone across the top of the T two or three times and it's a lot chunkier. Again though, if you have a look at the show notes, there'll be a link to this image which 
means you'll be able to have a look at it and see what I'm actually talking about. It's got a very, very loose style about it. It's relatively straight, but you can tell he hasn't used guides or anything like that to, to letter it down and map it out. Otherwise, it would be a lot more level than it is. I like that about it. It's nice sometimes to see work that's not really neatly confined to a grid. The lettering also has that playful charm. I've already mentioned about it too. If you haven't already, I challenge you to have a go at creating some really loose, free brush lettering and see how you find it. Take away guides, take away letter structure, take away nearly all the rules <laughs> of lettering. So the only thing really that applies is keeping the, the framework of the letters as they are. Otherwise, you might make your lettering unrecognisable. But you don't need to worry about thicks and thins. As looking at this piece now, Dallas hasn't really applied that rule to this piece of lettering. Some letters are thick, evenly thick, going in both the down and up directions. The U on about comes down thinly and then goes up thickly, which is generally the opposite of what you normally do. Usually you come down thick on down strokes and then up thinner on up strokes, which definitely hasn't happened on that U. Um, I'm just looking other bits. You've got the R on race, which... The most of the R is thin and then the leg, the last leg of the R on the right side, that's quite thick compared to the rest of the letter. So it doesn't follow the usual rules that it still looks really good. It just has this nice, playful, childish quality about it. So I challenge you to have a go, have some fun with your own lettering and see how you get on. Take away the rules, take away the guides. Do it for fun <laughs> and see where it takes you. Hopefully that's given you a bit of information on Dallas Clayton and the style of work that he creates. I'm going to move on now to the inspiring quote that I'm recommending you have a go at lettering this week. Last week's episode was about whether it's necessary or beneficial to create thumbnail sketches for lettering projects before you start making semi-final drafts or final drafts of a piece and that all kind of falls under planning so thumbnail sketches are more or less a planning stage they're also a great experimentation stage too so this week's quote I thought I'd go with something along that theme the theme of planning it's a nice short one so beginners, if you're listening, <laughs> hopefully you'll get on with this quote okay. It gives a lot of opportunity whether you want to letter it all in one style using calligraphy, whether you want to use illustrative lettering and highlight emphasis on certain words, it's got the potential to do that. Whether you want to have a go at doing some really loose, free, flowing brush strokes, similar to the type of lettering that Dallas creates, you can have a go at doing that with it, whatever you feel like. So the quote is, failing to plan is planning to fail. And that's by Alan Lakin, I believe it's 
pronounced. It's L-A-K-E-I-N. So, Alan, if I've said that wrong, which I probably have, because anybody who's listened to this podcast from the beginning knows I'm atrocious at name pronunciations. There's a number of different ways you can share the results of having a go at these lettering quotes with me and also with others. So you can tag me in your work on Instagram using at lettering tutorial. You can do similarly on Twitter. So if you tag at lettering tute on Twitter, so that's L-E-T-T-E-R-I-N-G. T-U-T. Facebook, if you head on over to the Lettering Tutorial Facebook page, which you can find at facebook.com forward slash lettering tutorial, you can post on the Facebook page there your lettering quotes. And also, there is a specific hashtag for you to use too. So if you use the hashtag lettering tutorial gallery, that will Add your work to a really great community gallery that's slowly building up for the podcast listeners. There's some amazing work that's been tagged with the hashtag. There's a good couple of people out there that are lettering quotes quite regularly and sharing them. So feel free to have a little look at the work that's been tagged using that hashtag and definitely use it for your own work. You don't have to specifically use it just for these quotes too, so if you do have a go at loosening up your lettering, feel free to use the hashtag as well to tag that work for others to see and for myself to see. I really enjoy looking at your lettering work and seeing how this podcast has influenced you, if it's helped you, what you've gained from it, and it's really useful for others to see that too. Finally, on to the questions and answers section of this episode. So there's just one question to answer this week, which is by Chris. And Chris has asked, how do I not suck at lettering? It's a very good question. (laughs) I think it is something that almost every beginner lettering thinks and not necessarily even beginners I think often people don't stop thinking that even when they reach a professional level but it is completely common to feel like you suck to begin with and in all honesty a lot of people when they start out lettering they're not going to be at their best they're not going to suck nobody ever sucks because you're trying to letter, each time you do it you're learning new things, so there isn't actually any sucking going on, but it can feel like you're not as good as you could be when you look at what other people are creating. So I mentioned it in a previous podcast episode, try not to compare yourself to others, because that just puts a downer on your work it can sometimes encourage you just to give up completely when you're comparing and what you're doing is you're looking at your work and maybe you've been lettering for two weeks or two months and then maybe you're looking at somebody else's work and perhaps they've been lettering for two years but your brain won't tell you that (laughs) your brain won't go hang on why am I putting myself down so much This person's been lettering a lot longer than I have. 
or your brain won't go, well, I've only just started doing this. I haven't had a go or I haven't been to any lettering workshops. I've watched a couple of videos online and that's about, you know, the most that I've taught myself. This person has actually attended 20 different lettering workshops and read nine or ten different lettering books. You don't really think into it in that depth. You literally just compare. You look at your work, you look at their work, you think your work isn't any good compared to theirs. And that's then where your thought process just goes, oh, you know, I'm rubbish or I can't do this or maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Instead of actually seeing logic in the situation <laughs> instead of actually looking at whether you should realistically compare yourself. I used to find it at work where I had this job where I worked part-time and I was in a lot during the week even though I was part-time and then I was surrounded by people that were full-time. There were one or two other part-timers as well and they were obviously getting higher statistics in certain areas and I kept comparing myself thinking, why am I not doing that? It felt like because I was there every day, I should have still been getting the same as them, but obviously I was there for significantly less hours than they were. And then when I actually finally plucked up the courage to talk to one of the other people that were the same amount of hours as me, I was exactly on a par with them. I wasn't on a par with the people that were working almost kind of triple the amount of hours. I was on a par with the person that started around the same time as me and was doing the same amount of hours. So the trick is if you're gonna compare yourself to others, try and find people that are of a similar level to you and you'll realise that you don't suck anywhere near <laughs> as much as you thought you do, that you're probably on about the right track for the amount of time that you've been lettering or you might realise actually that you've got a couple more skills in your tool set than this other person that you're comparing yourself to that's, that's been lettering a similar amount of time perhaps if you've practiced a little bit more than they have. Comparing is a difficult one you obviously want to be inspired and you want to look at other people's work but you want to look at it from a perspective of this is going to inspire me, not this is going to put a downer on me and put me off of carrying on in my lettering journey. I think it was only in the last week or two that lettering artist Colin Tierney put on his Facebook page that he can't look at any of his earlier lettering without cringing, that he just hates looking at his early lettering. And if you talk to any lettering artist that's of his skill level and he's definitely what I class as a pro letterer. They'll tell you similarly that they don't like looking at their early lettering work. They you know, they think it was awful compared to what they've done now. Scott Beersack is the same. He he thinks his past lettering work was you know, was not great. And if you go back through his Instagram account, if you scroll right back to the very beginning, you can see where he started out. You can see started out just like everybody else did, right from the beginning, no previous experience lettering at all, and worked his way up to the level that he's at now. It's a standard 
path that <laughs> that nearly everybody goes down unless you're extremely extremely lucky and just somehow have these skills that are just already embedded in you for whatever reason i don't know maybe you're like parents of a typographers or something and somehow you've like picked up stuff from a kid maybe but that's unlikely in most cases in most cases you do need to start at the beginning and work your way down and if you can talk yourself out of a negative mindset of uh, you know I suck at this when am I going to stop sucking at this try and turn that around and think that it's actually a good thing that you're questioning your ability and your skill level because that's what's going to keep pushing you forwards and make you strive to get better, to learn more, to really hone your skills. The people that don't think that there's anything wrong at all with their work are the ones that aren't likely to actually progress or get better because they can't see any ways to improve their work they won't be giving their work helpful critiques. So they'll just look at their work and think, yeah, you know, that looks good as it is. Maybe it does. But then after a while, that's probably going to get a little bit boring. <laughs> just creating without any challenge at all, without wanting to ever learn more or improve. I think that's what makes you... A strong artist is just wanting to learn as much as you can and still want to learn new things 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line even sometimes, that makes you just stronger each time you create a new piece of work. So yes Chris, it's totally normal to question how do you not suck at lettering and the only way really to answer it is just keep practicing, <laughs> keep practicing, keep striving to be better, compare yourself in realistic ways, find great inspiration and again keep practicing. I hope my response to that question has given you something to take away. If you do have any questions about anything lettering related at all, you can send them to me one of a couple of ways. You can either email me using ask at letteringtutorial.com That's A-S-K at L-E-T-T-E-R-I-N-G T-U-T-O-R-I-A-L dot C-O-M or you can go on to the show notes for this episode or any previous episode if you want to that's relevant and pop your questions in the comments which you can find at the very bottom of the show notes page. So just as a reminder, the show notes for this episode you can find at letteringtutorial.com forward slash handletteringpodcast12 and that's in numerical number 12 or head on over to letteringtutorial.com, click on podcast from the menu and then choose this episode and you'll be able to find the comments in the page that way. Thank you so much for listening, I really do appreciate it. 
and I always appreciate the feedback that you send in to me. It's really, really positive. It's really, really encouraging. If you would like to leave an honest review for this podcast series, feel free to do that in either iTunes or Stitcher. Any feedback you leave really helps me to shape future episodes of the podcast series. It also helps to let other people know whether this might be the show for them to listen to or not. I'll be back again next week for another episode, which should be an interesting one, as the whole episode is going to be based on a question that I got asked. Obviously, usually every other week I feature questions at the end of an episode, but this question stood out and I realised that there was so much to talk about on the particular topic in the question that it was worth using one of the topic episodes to discuss it in detail rather than talking about it for five minutes or so. So I won't give you any hints as to what that will be, you will have to tune in next week and find out. Thank you again and bye for now.